again, I just want to say good morning. Um, this week, in, uh, in preparation for this message, um, I've been thinking about these guys a lot, and yes, Aiden, I would agree you are indeed special, <laughs> uh, but this, this week has been a lot of reflection, you know, on my own life, and as, as we see these young men and women in this stage of life, getting ready for this big change, it always causes us to reflect on, on our own past and our own lives. And it's, it's one of those things to where what you realize is that all through your life, the one thing that is constant is change. And I started thinking, well, at that age uh, in my life, what would I rather, what would I love for myself now to be able to teach myself then. And it just started bringing up the thought of wisdom. You know, what is wisdom? And, and then chasing that rabbit, I started asking people, actually surveying people that I know and respect, what would you do? What do you wish that you had a better grasp of in that time in your life? And you know that overwhelmingly, 99% of everybody I've talked to Everything that they said had to deal with relationships. Every single one of them, except for one guy. There's only one guy. There's always the, in data collection, there's always the outlier, the one thing, the one, the one just random answer, random point of data that you just got to throw out because I don't think he really even understood the question. But it goes back to the fact that everyone except for one person said it was either communication or it was relationship specifically. Evan even mentioned that it was Christian community. And you got to ask yourself that question, well, why? Why is that? Why is it that we wish that we were better in relationships? And so that's how this message started. And it it all started with you guys in mind, you guys in my focus. Even though that this message is not just specifically for you guys, that it all stemmed for that, and wanting to bring us together, and I feel like God's message is to help you to understand that throughout your life, and all the changes that come, relationships are going to be coming and going, and you're going to be in a constant change within relationships, friendships, family, friends, spouses, And so I wanted to uh, just take a moment to talk about that this morning. It goes back to the original question, why? Why is it that relationships are so important to us? There's a simple answer. We were made for relationship. Each and every one of us were made for relationships. And there's two, when you think about it, there's two planes. There's the there's a horizontal plane of relationships, and that's relationships with ourselves, with those around us, with our neighbors, and there's the vertical relationship with God Almighty. And, and why are relationships so difficult? Why are relationships broken? Why, is it, why are they strained? That's because we're strained, we're broken. You go back to the original fall, or the fall in Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve um, eat of the forbidden fruit, right? And in that moment, in that moment, 
that relationship that was created between man and wife and the relationship with God was broken. And so if our relationship with God is broken, then how can we ever expect our relationships with each other to ever be reconciled and mended? The point is, is that at that moment, that relationship, that bridge that ties all relationships together, and that's our relationship with God, that it was shattered. And the rest of the Bible is a story about how God is putting that back together. Romans 5, uh, Paul is, is discussing, he's talking about two groups of people. He just boils it down to two groups of people. You're either in Christ or you're in Adam. You're either redeemed by the actions of one or you're condemned by the actions of the other. And it all goes to your relationship. And so the first group of people I want to address are the people who are in Christ. Those who are in Christ and those of us who have accepted Him and trusted Him as our Lord and Savior. You know, in our relationships with one another, as, as messy as it can still be, even though we are in Christ, we're still called to unity. We're still called to be the image of Christ in all relationships especially here in this church. And Paul and in Philippians, if you want to read through Philippians and read a, a letter that is about joy and unity, read Philippians. I want to, I want to start off with uh, chapter 2, verse 1, where Paul is writing uh, to this church and encouraging them. Now, you're, I want you to realize that this is a man who is literally in chains at the moment, writing to a church, encouraging them in joy and unity with one another. So chapter 2, verse 1, he says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, having this mind of yourself, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Even in church, there's divisions. Even in church, we have divisions, whether it's politics, whether it's interests, whether it's the formalities of the church itself, of the, of the, the rituals, the, the ceremonies. And even in church, I didn't realize this until I moved to Mississippi, but there's divisions dealing with state college football. I did not understand that until I moved to Mississippi. And where I come from, you got one team, and that's the Cowboys. So we moved here. And there's a whole lot more teams. But the thing is, is that we are called to unity. And so if, as the church, if we're constantly divided and we're not unified as one mind, one body, singing praises and worshiping God with one voice, all in unison, 
then how can we truly be a body if you have the hands and feet arguing and fighting against each other? And how are we expected to be able to do the work of Christ if we can't unify together with that one purpose and goal? You know, this is, this is supposed to be in every area of our lives. You know, in Ephesians 1, or I'm sorry, in Philippians 1, 27, Paul says, let every, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So he's talking about, let your reputation whether I'm with you or I'm away from you, near and far, that I know, that I hear of your, unif- of your unity and your reputation being that of a single mind centered on Christ. And this is that we're called to unity in living for the gospel. See, in this stage of life, y'all are going to be moving, y'all are going to be traveling, you're going to be Finding other churches to be a part of, which is the number one vital thing that you need to do as soon as you leave for college, leave for military, leave for whatever the future holds for you. If there's one single piece of advice that I could give to you, that any of us us would give to you sitting here before us, would be to find a body of Christ to become a member of. This is where your encouragement is. This is where you go to be rejuvenated. This is where you go to be lifted for growth, for understanding, for counsel. If we're going to think about membership of a church, then you got to think about the fact that it's like an embassy. The church is like an embassy in a foreign land, foreign nation, representing the interest of a kingdom that we're a part of, but we're not in at this time yet. It's the kingdom to come. I mean, so I want you to think about that church being that embassy, that body of Christ, and that the number one thing is that you find that body. And as the body of Christ, I pray that we will continue to grow together in, in, and I keep saying it, and it's the word that's just going to keep coming because it's so vital for us, is unity. Unity, unity, unity. I always go back to the fact that Paul is writing this from prison. Here is a man that was separated from his body, separated from the church, and in chains, and he's writing to a group of people about unity. Writing to a group of people about joy. And it kind of makes me realize that anything that is divisive within this body is is not worth it. Anything that separates you from brothers and sisters needs to be cast away. 
in, in those devotionals, I, I wrote the same verse on each one of yours as a reminder to always, no matter where you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, to always let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Your speech, your actions, the hand that you extend out to strangers, those in need, your relationships, everything. Let every manner of your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And there's those of us that are here today that are in another group, group of being in Adam. And that's because the relationship with Christ is still broken. It's, it's not there. And so I want to talk to this group now about their relationship. The reason why we have broken relationships, as I said before, is because we're broken people. We live in a broken world. And that if we can't have our relationship with Christ, if we're not reconciled with God through our relationship with Christ, then we cannot ever expect to have our relationship with one another reconciled. And I've, underst- I've come to understand this over the years. Honestly, if you want to hear a little bit about my testimony, over the years, my life has been ups and downs. And if you would have heard me speak 15 years ago, I never would have said, I want to be a part of the body of Christ. I would have been the person, I, actually, I was the person that actually said, I'm going to do me, y'all do y'all, and I'm going to just be happy in my own little world. And the fact is, is that being a part of this body of Christ, being a part of this church, has helped me to grow in more ways than I could ever have imagined. And God has used this church in my life for growth, for understanding. And it was the unity of this church and brothers and sisters that I found in this church that helped me in my relationship with Christ. And now I see the vital, I see how important it is. I see how I could never live a life apart from the church and still be strong in my faith with Christ. Just the other night at our small group meeting, um, we, were, we were talking about these very same passages. We were talking about the growth. We were talking about the, the don't do anything out of selfish ambition or deceit. You know, put others before yourselves. Think about others before you think of yourself. And it was all in this, this chapter of Philippians. And because of this church, because of being in church, we had someone teach the lesson that had never taught a lesson or had never been in that situation before that I know of, and yet they stood up and they, they taught this chapter to us as a group. And it was a remarkable thing. And for us to sit around and talk about this, it dawned on me of just how much I've changed or how much God has changed me, the Spirit has changed me through time, through the past 10 years, really through the last five years. 
And the reason why I share that with you is so that I can explain to you and show you from personal experience the importance of the church. And now all I think about is the church. I think about my brothers and sisters in Christ. I think about their growth. I think about the needs. I think about the desires and the, and the who needs what, who is, needs a helping hand, who is suffering, who's hurting, as all of y'all do. And it is the most beautiful thing I've ever been a part of. So as we, as we continue on this journey, as we continue on through this, I want you to understand, those of you who have not experienced that, what that looks like and what it feels like. And it can, it's only accomplished in Christ. If you don't have the relationship with Jesus, if you don't have him as your Savior, if you haven't trusted in him, then I encourage you to do so. And I pray for you. I pray that you will. I pray that God will will work in your life and work in, with those around you to show himself and reveal himself to you. See, the number one thing, the number one problem that I see in college graduates today is if, or high school graduates is that within the first year of college, every year the statistics change. Every year the statistics go up and down by a couple of percent. And it's usually 70 to 80% leave the church. And that's because a lot of times they get out into the world and they get distracted and they, they lose sight of, of what they were taught in their homes and in the church. And that's why this relationship is so important. This is, um, this is always bittersweet because we have young men and women who are moving on in stage of life and a lot of us aren't wanting, we, we want them to move in that, trans, that transition, to take that step into that ch- stage of life, but it's also painful. It's, it's painful for me to stand here and look upon the faces that I've grown to trust and I've grown to know and that I've, I've grown to love as all of you have Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. I love our relationship. And I love the fact that our relationship is centered on Christ. And that my love for you doesn't come from me, but my love for you in the same as the love of this church is in Christ. And so I encourage every one of you that as you go, where you go, that you continue to strive in your relationship with Christ and that your life is lived in a manner worthy of the gospel, that all through the changes of your life you realize that there's one trustworthy Father and that when it gets ugly, when it gets hard, you realize that you have a church, a body that loves you no matter where you are, no matter what stage of life you're in.
I've, 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 to be honest with you, it's, it's, it does hurt. It does, um, it's, a, it's a joyful hurt. It's a happy hurt because looking at those pictures of each and every one of you, you see the growth, you see the silliness, you see the youth, the childhood memories that all of your parents have. And I can see every one of you, your personalities in every one of those pictures that I know today. And as, as I've grown with each and every one of you, it is always something that I want to remind every class, every year. You know, Paul in chapter 3 of Philippians, he talks about everything that he accomplished. Everything that he achieved. How he was the greatest of the greatest in all areas. And that looking back, he considered all of that rubbish when he compared all his achievements to the worth of knowing Christ. And so in this time, all through your life, you're going to accomplish great things. I know y'all. I know each and every one of you. And I know that God has great things planned for you. But what I want to encourage you in is that and all those great things that you achieve, I want you to know that if it's not in the name of Christ, that when you compare it to the worth of knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's rubbish. I love y'all. And I want y'all to know that. This is a part of the message that was not scripted. I, I had to close my, uh, my notes because I was following a script, and so I apologize for that, but not really. <laughs> um, this is a moment of time to where we're here to honor God, and in honoring Him, we're recognizing the children that He has given us and blessed us with, and the things that they will achieve and to be a part of stewards in their care, in their growth, in their development, in their love. That they don't really belong to us. But God blesses us with them for a little while. We're simply stewards. And y'all are about to go off and do mighty things, great things. There's going to be a lot of sadness. There's going to be a lot of broken relationships. There's going to be a lot of hurt. But there's going to be a lot of joy. There's going to be a lot of happiness. There's going to be a lot of love. And all of us wait with anticipation to see what God has in store for each of you. I know each and every one of these young men and women seated here. 
And I know where their faith is in Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. That is a beautiful thing to know that. And as I said before, there's two groups. There's a group that's in Christ, redeemed by his actions, and there's a group of people that are in Adam, condemned by his, lacking the relationship and the reconciliation that we have in Christ. And I never want to be here and not have an invitation for anybody. If the Lord has laid it on your heart, if he has spoken to you now or in the past, if he's dealing with you now, maybe in a broken relationship, maybe in the fact that you're realizing now that your relationship with him is not where it should be, I want to just take this time and just offer up an invitation. If the Lord has spoken to you, then please, we're here. This church is here. We are here. The invitation doesn't end with the end of the service. just want you all to know that you are loved by a Father that is mighty to save. And it goes back to thinking of these young men and women whenever they're up there signing the fact that, you know, we are all called to live that life, that life that is worthy of the gospel. And maybe you don't have that relationship now, but as they said in their song, the singer of that song, the lyrics said that, I want to start today. Today's the day that I want to live. That I want to make changes that I want to, in essence, be worthy of the gospel and live every day making the decisions that are, that are evident of that. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for the, the children that you've put into our lives Father, and we, we rejoice in the changes that you bring into our lives and, and the possibilities and the potential that come with all those changes. Now, change doesn't need to be feared. That it can be beautiful and full of potential. So as we come together to lift up these young men and women, God, that's what we want to impart upon them. That's what I pray that you will speak to them in, is that in the changes, no matter what changes, the one thing that's always constant and remains the same is you. And that their relationship with you is the most important relationship in their life, in their time, here, and forever. God, if there's anybody here that doesn't have that relationship with you, then I I pray for them. I pray that they will seek you. I pray that they will turn to you, that they will come to know your love for them. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.